Good evening, everybody. I hope everybody is doing well tonight and is staying safe in everything that's going on. You know, we can oftentimes take a look around and find our way becoming discouraged or finding our finding a way of becoming discouraged. For instance, you know, seeing all the riots going on, the protest, the racial injustice, the violence and all that stuff that's playing a role in today's world. It's just something that we 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 begin to look at and we almost begin to get discouraged. And you know, there's some times in our life that we can even find ourselves in a way pretending or contending in certain aspects of our life and you know the whole reason why I developed these podcasts were to encourage people in a time of need to educate people in a time of need to help people understand and see that there is more than just what you see on the news or hear on the news there's more than just worrying about everything else when when it comes down to it we really got to take a look at our lives and ask ourselves, what are we going to do? You know, I became inspired to kind of develop the podcast that I want to talk to you guys about tonight by something my pastor said this past Sunday. He was talking about the bottom line. And when he was talking about the bottom line, when you think about the bottom line, it's the absolute bottom, the where it doesn't, there's no other lead layer, no more flexibility. It's the bottom line. And we need to really take a look at that and examine that in our lives. And that's why tonight I just want to kind of start a series of lessons um, that's inspired by something that I read. Now, this is actually a a Bible study that is, was actually written by Scott Graham. I just kind of wanted to, to bring the light and to share with you guys. Uh, and it's something that I read that really kind of applied to my life and some questions that I want you guys to think about as we're going through this is one what do you think it would have been like growing up as a sibling of Jesus Christ and how about after his death and resurrection another question that I'd like to bring to your attention is reading the book of Jude how would you summarize its purpose in one sentence consider how that purpose was honed by the age and experiences of the writer and then discuss that a third application that I want to kind of bring to your Mine is, why do you believe people feel pressured to pretend to hold to beliefs that have never actually been cemented into their hearts? How have they avoided that trap? What is it about your experience with God that made it so real that pretending was not an option? And then last but not least, another thing I want you guys to take into mind as we're going through this is describing your own words, what you believe it means to earnestly contend for the faith. So the main objective of this particular Bible study here is to provoke the reader to contend for the faith and not merely to pretend to be committed to it. And see, I think we can oftentimes find ourselves doing that in our lives. We pretend to be something that we're not, and that becomes our driving force. But the truth is we need to put away with that pretending and actually learn to contend. See, in the kingdom of God... Believers are not subcategorized. We are not broken down by race, gender, education, or economics. 
However, those who have tasted New Testament salvation do seem over time to fall into one of two broad categories, contenders and pretenders. The book was written by the half-brother of Jesus Christ, who wouldn't want to listen carefully to what God inspired one so closely connected with our Lord to write. Surely, Jude's perspective through the lens of divine inspiration has lessons of immeasurable worth for us. Among the gems in his short work is verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. See, certain internal clues have prompted scholars to estimate the book was written, talking about the book of Jude here, written between A.D. 70 and 80. If that is true, then the hand that penned those words was likely close to 70 years old. This first century elder saw the need to encourage everyone in the church to be a contender and not a pretender. See, God's children are not intended merely to mimic others or seek acceptance in the sight of fellow worshipers by appearing to embrace certain values and principles. The prophet warned, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips, do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. That comes from Isaiah 29, 13. See, Jesus not only quoted this passage, he further expressed the same teaching by saying in Matthew seven twenty one, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. See, we are not masquerades as apostolic believers, but God's design is to change us radically from our old selves into his image. This is a sincere and internal change of nature so that all the old things in our life pass away, including not only our sins, but our desires, our, ambi our ambitions, our principles, and our passion. See, God writes a new identity and a new set of values into our hearts. We can look at 2 Corinthians 5.17 and kind of bring this to, to, to mind here. Thus, I, I don't pretend to be an apostolic. He makes me a new apostolic. So while we are not to be pretenders, we are called to be contenders. We are commanded to earnestly contend for the faith we have received. Other translations of that verse uses phrases like fight hard for the faith or defend the faith. But the message is clear. There will be voices and influences, both natural and spiritual, that will seek to weaken our commitment to the faith. Jude 4 says, Certain men have crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. See, it should be noted that our faith in God will regularly be tried. In fact, the Lord himself will lead us through seasons of refining that put our faith in him to the test. This is not a burdensome thing, but a blessing. The trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth through, though it be tried with fire, might be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That comes from First Peter 1 and 7. See, Jude is not writing about times when our personal faith and trust in God is stretched by the situations of life. He is admonishing us, us to fiercely defend attacks against the faith. That is the doctrinal truths that have produced in us the experience of new birth and its effect in a holy lifestyle. Anything or anyone who seeks either intentionally or unintentionally to remove us from that spiritual identity may not be passively ignored that must be actively resisted. The internal risk is too great to do less. 
Contending is not the same as being contentious. God's work in our life is not honored if we demonstrate anger, scorn, or spiritual pride toward one who has drifted or departed from the faith. We do the name of Christ no favors by manifesting a superior attitude toward them. But neither are we to affirm or encourage their false teacher, teachings and errant lifestyle. Second John 10.11 says, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not unto your house, neither bid him God speed. For he that bideth him God speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Now I beseech ye, brethren, mark them which cause diversions, or divisions, excuse me, and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them, Romans 16 and 17. See, admittedly, this can create some uncomfortable situations. I myself have faced the biblical mandate to remove myself to a measure from some who have abandoned the faith. This does not mean I will be unkind or cruel to them, either in word or deed, nor will I disparage them to others, including on social media. It does mean that in order to effectively protect, earnestly contend for the faith, I cannot allow everyone into close fellowship in my life. The value of the spiritual legacy I have received and the spiritual heritage I will pass along is just that high. It merits a vigilant and consistent defense. Pretending. No. I have no interest in being an apostolic in name only. I want to be real, contending, yes. I have the mandate to do so so that I may carefully and effectively guard the truth God has allowed me to embrace. The difference between pretenders and defenders may be difficult in some cases to discern here. An attorney, it will be start. See, looking at this, to kind of, I guess, elaborate more on this, is see... We've probably all heard the saying that you are the company that you keep. And basically that means that if you put yourself in a situation or you put yourself in a place where you are going to be tested or that someone may not be acting the way they should, then more than likely that action can end up playing on yourself. And that's why looking at this, we got to be very careful and the company that we keep. And that's not to say that we don't need to witness to those who may not believe the same thing that we do, or to witness to those, um, or not witness to those who may be just kind of out there that, no, no, that's not the case at all. See, what we need to make sure we're doing, because even Jesus himself said that we are to go to the highways and the hedges to seek those, because see, just like Jesus did, Leaving the 99 to go for the one, we still have to adopt that into our mentality. See, we cannot fight violence with violence. We got to fight violence with a sense of actually coming together in one mind and one accord. And see, Peter talks about this in First Peter where he talks about the body of Christ or the church being basically this um, these different members that make up one hand. So if you think about your hand, for instance... Your hand is made up of five fingers. However, your hand is connected to those five fingers. One cannot participate or one cannot act without the other. It's important. Like, for instance, if you were to remove your thumb, imagine how hard it would be to pick up certain things or to do certain things because that thumb really plays a role. And it's the same way it is with people in the church and what we have got to do as a church. we got to come together in this time that we're facing these conflicts that we're going through in life and we got to come together. 
But we don't need to just come together and pretend because, see, pretending is not going to get us anywhere. Pretending is where you put yourself on a stage and you're basically acting out something. Think about a play that you maybe watched or something that you've heard or something that you've done. When people are acting, they're pretending to be someone that they are not. And that's what we got to try to avoid. That's what we got to try to steer away from. We got to make sure that we're not pretending when it comes to our walk with God, our pretending to be a witness. We have got to actually be contenders. We got to be able to contend for the faith and not merely to pretend to be committed to it. We got to make sure that our hearts are 100% in it because we got to think to ourselves, see, God gave 100% when he robed himself in flesh. And he walked the earth as a man. And that just proves that Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. So we got to end up seeing that what God ended up doing for us, he gave us 100%. So we as individuals need to make sure that we are giving 100%. Because when it comes down to it, we cannot end up serving two masters. I mean, Jesus spoke about this in several different parables. Because he talks about how you will either cling to the other one and hate or despise the other. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God in manna. And see, that's sometimes the situation that we can find ourselves getting into. We can try to find ourselves serving two different masters. And that is the worst thing we can do. That is where we can find ourselves in a very, very difficult situation. Think about what's going on like when it comes to the man the rich man who came up to Jesus and wanted to follow him. See, he, he was willing to do only a certain amount, give only a certain amount. So, for instance, we see how it talks about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and even John in four different accounts where there's this rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and he says, I want to follow you. And Jesus saw his heart and he's like, okay, well, you need to, you know, you need to follow the commandments. And of course, this made the, the, the young ruler feel good because he's like, you know, I've done that all since my youth up. But then there comes the kicker. See, Jesus then said, okay, well, if that's the case, because he saw the true intentions of the young, the rich young ruler's heart. He saw that where his true heart would be because then, because his, 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 his heart was more about his possession because when Jesus said, all right, if you want to do that, sell Take all your possessions, sell it, and get to the poor, and take up your cross and follow me. What happened? The young ruler went away sorrowful, for he had many riches. And see, that's what we got to be careful of. We got to make sure we're avoiding that mentality, and we're not getting that. We got to make sure that we are worth, like, there's something worth fighting for. And that's why when we're looking at our lives and looking at everything going on, that we need to make sure that we're not just pretending or, or going through the mo motions or playing church or playing patty cake, because that's not going to get us where we need to be. We need to make sure that our hearts are where they're supposed to be. We need to make sure that our hearts are with God. Because if our hearts are not 100% with God, then we're going to end up going to the day of judgment and we're going to end up hearing one or two things. If we're giving 100% to God, God is going to end up saying, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter therein. However, if we have just been pretending, if we just have been kind of going through the motions and playing as we go along and you know serving those two masters, we're going to hear those dreadful terms of, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew thee. 
And see, I don't want to find myself in that position. So that's why when I look at my life, when I'm looking at what's going on, that I want to make sure that I'm actually have something worth fighting for. See, my family is worth fighting for. My lost loved ones are worth fighting for because it's that fight that's going to allow me to end up making the biggest difference. And that's going to be done through prayer. Now, I'm not saying that at this time, if you are finding yourself in this situation, if you are finding yourself in a way pretending or going through the motions, I'm not saying it's too late because that's the great thing about what God allows us to do when we wake up every single day. I heard it said like this. Brother Victor Jackson mentioned it this way. He said that we need to be make sure that we're repenting daily because whether we know it or not, we sin. We are sinners. And with us being sinners, we need to make sure that we're repenting every single day. Because we can look at our life, so we can look at something and we can commit sin without really realizing that. But see, that's the great thing about the mercy and grace of God. He forgives. He's a just God. So if we come to him truthfully and we ask for forgiveness, then we will be able to push through. We'll be able to get back to where we need to be. And then once we lay it down on the altar, God takes it and it's automatically wiped away. It's never too late for you to start now. But when we look at today's society, and I'm going to end up using this in another particular podcast that I'm going to end up including and talking about, we are living in the last days. We can see it. We There is evidence that points to everything going in this world that was mentioned in the book of Revelation and throughout the Bible that talks about the last days. And we are living in those last days. But the question is, what are you fighting for? What are you doing? Are you pretending or are you giving 100%? Because if you're not giving 100%, then you may need to look at your life and ask yourself, what can I do to give God 100%? Because he gave me 100%. What can I do to better myself as a Christian? See, we need to make sure that we are not pretending. See, we have no interest. We need to have no interest in being and a Christian by name only. We need to make sure that we are being real. We need to make sure that we are contending. That we need to make sure that we're mandating to do so. So that we may carefully and effectively guard the truth God has allowed for us to embrace. We need to make sure that we are defending what is right. Defending what God has called us to do. Because in eternity, as I mentioned earlier, it will be stark. So that's what I'm going to ask you tonight. You may be finding yourself in a situation where you may not have been living the way that you, you were, you've expected to live. You may be in that situation where you may be serving manna and God. But now is the night. Tonight is the night for you to make up in your mind that I'm going to choose something worth fighting for. That I'm going to stop pretending and I'm going to contend. I'm going to become something greater. I'm going to become something better. I'm going to start from today. And I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Because God has called us to be worshipers. And to praise Him in spirit and truth. And that is what we have to do in our lives. We need to let go of everything that this world has to offer. We need to make sure that we're storing our treasures up in heaven where dust and moth doth not corrupt. 
We need to make sure that we're establishing ourselves in God. And especially now in the world we're facing right now. So what are you going to do tonight? What are you going to fight for? Are you ready to contend for the faith and not merely pretend to be committed to it? The choice is yours. And God is ready to beckon. He is here and He is listening to everybody. He hears every single person's prayers. Every single person's thoughts that are going on. And He wants to help you. All you got to do is you got to find and you got to ask yourself, am I going to be simply a pretender or am I going to be a contender? Because as I mentioned earlier, the difference between pretenders and defenders may be difficult in some cases to discern here, but in, in eternity, it will be stark. I hope you all have a wonderful night and I hope that the Lord richly blesses you and I hope that this can hopefully give you an insight to just take a look at your life and then ask the question, what am I going to fight for? What am I going to do? Am I going to give God 100%? Because it's in that that we're going to be able to hear those great words when we get on judgment day and we get to heaven well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter therein. I hope the Lord blesses you all and you all have a good night. And I'm going to end out with prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that you be with each and every person that's listening to this podcast. Any other person that may come across this, I pray that God, you guide them and you help them in this time that they're facing. And the time that they're going through, Lord, the depression, the anxiety. Oh Lord, the different things that are they're facing in their life. Whether it be challenges with themselves, challenges with marriages, challenges with kids, challenges with lost loved ones, whatever it may be, God, I pray that you reach down and you complete the work and you, God, you give them the strength that they need, that you help them in every single way and Lord, that they can end up grabbing a hold and hopefully that this may be able to encourage them and help them, just allow them to kind of stir in their hearts what they're doing and to end up finding something worth fighting for, God, to make sure that we're finding ourselves in your goodness, oh God, so that when judgment day comes, we may hear the words, those wonderful words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter there, and I pray that you be with each and every one, guide them and lead them and strengthen them in Jesus' name, amen.